Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. So imagine with me, you're a parent. You're a parent and your daughter's been struggling, suffering. Truth be told, you don't know what's wrong. You can't tell what's going on inside her, but she's, she's depressed. She's angry. She has these emotional swings that at first just seemed dramatic, but now are starting to seem dangerous. It's like there's something invisible eating away at her from the inside and you feel so helpless. Some days you almost wish that there was like a tumor or something in her blood that could be diagnosed and treated, but the doctors have found nothing, nothing. The doctors are as puzzled as you are. They prescribe a various cocktails of medications, but they only seem to be making things worse. And so they tell you what they tell anyone whose pain and suffering escapes their limited knowledge. They tell you that your daughter is possessed by a demon. You're a Canaanite mother living in the region of Tyre and Sidon, and you've been told that your daughter is possessed by a demon. That might as well be a death sentence. Right at the time, her being a girl already limited your daughter's potential in society. Being a, a demon-possessed girl? Good luck. Part of you still manages to hope that she'll grow out of it, but every month she only seems to get worse. You've gone to the priests, the quacks, the medicine man, the, the self-proclaimed healers. You've tried anything and everything to help her, and you're at the end of your rope. And then you catch word of a healer who happens to be walking through town, and, and apparently this guy's different. The problem is this Jesus character is not one of your people. In fact, he's Jewish, and, and the Canaanites and the Israelites kind of have some bad blood going back a thousand years or so. But you're not going to let some bad blood or, or ethnic tension stand between you and, and your daughter your daughter's healing. And so you can hear a crowd just outside of town and you take off to find Jesus. You see him walking down the road followed by a massive crowd. Who is this guy? He has an entourage of 12 men around him. They look like fishermen, but they're acting more like bodyguards. You wait your turn, but your turn never comes. You try to force your way to the front of the crowd, but you keep getting shoved to the back of the line while fighting for your chance. You catch an elbow in the chin, and it stuns you. You have a, a flashback. It's like a video loop playing in your head, and you can picture your daughter playing with her friends in the street. And then another memory, a terrible memory, of holding your daughter after she had tried to harm herself. So much pain and conflict. And then your parental instincts, they kick in. And a voice rises out of you louder than anything you could have mustered up on your own. From Matthew 15, starting in verse 21, 
Now Jesus went to a region in Tyre and Sidon, and a Canaanite woman from those territories came out and shouted, Show me mercy, son of David. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. And so you screamed, yelled, shouted in the way that only a parent watching their child suffer can shout, and it gets quiet. Quiet enough to know that everyone heard, right? Everyone heard you. All eyes turn on you, and then, and then back on Jesus. Is this the moment that things are going to happen? You're locked in on Jesus' eyes, and we continue reading verse 23. But Jesus didn't respond to her at all. Nothing. That's not the Jesus you've heard stories about. It's like you're frozen in disbelief. You had played that scenario out multiple times, but none of them ended with Jesus pretending like he didn't even see you, pretending like you didn't exist. So you tell yourself it was a mistake, and Jesus must not have heard you clearly, so you shout again. And this time you hear the fisherman bodyguard saying, still in verse 23, Send her away. She keeps shouting at us. And then you hear Jesus say, I've been sent only to the lost sheep, the people of Israel. And you can feel a lump develop in your throat as you realize that this is bigger than you. This Jesus healer won't talk to you because you're a Canaanite. Because your ancestors got at it from time to time. There's no point in trying anymore. You're a Canaanite. Your daughter's a Canaanite, and apparently they don't talk to Canaanites. And then all of a sudden that lump in your throat turns into a fire in your belly, and instead of going home, you throw yourself at Jesus' feet. You fall to your knees, blocking his path, and you cry out in verse 25, Lord, help me. And Jesus replied in verse 26, It's not good to take the children's bread and toss it to dogs. You're on your knees, in the dirt, begging a Jewish healer to have mercy on your daughter, and he calls you a dog in front of his fishermen bodyguards and in front of the crew of, of, of Jewish groupies. He says he's there for the, the people of Israel, and he's not about to share their bread, their blessing, with a common dog. And you want to jump to your feet and choke this holier-than-thou traveling healer? Who does he think he is? God's gift to the earth? But you can't. You won't. You remember your daughter, and instead you say, in verse 27, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat crumbs that fall off their master's table. For the sake of your daughter... Out of love for your daughter, you humble yourself. And you say, I might be a common dog, as you say, but I'm not even asking for a seat at the table. I'm, I'm just, I just want some crumbs, some scraps, some things that might be swept away and thrown out. If you need to call me a dog, I'll be a dog as long as my daughter gets healed. And in verse 28, Jesus answered the woman, Woman, you, you have great faith. It will be just as you wish. And right then, her daughter was healed. 
the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So let's take a couple of breaths. Feel like we might need a second to let that story settle in. Sure, in the end, the daughter's healed, but you don't necessarily leave the story feeling good. At least I don't. It, it kind of messes with your carefully curated image of, of Jesus and his disciples. You can't unsee Jesus straight up ignoring a woman who's clearly suffering and distraught. You can't unhear the disciples advise Jesus to just do away with her. And then, and then Jesus uh, alluding to her as an undeserving dog. That's hard to hear. Right? This, my friends, is it's a healing story, but it's also a troubling story. Jesus is not everything we might wish him to be in this story. He might have been having a bad day. Might still be tired from a rocky boat ride across the Sea of Galilee. Or he might have simply been far less domesticated and, and candy-coated than we allow ourselves to imagine at times. It doesn't really matter why in today's story we're not met with a warm, fuzzy, merciful, compassionate Jesus that we've all seen in the paintings. And the thing is, there's no interpretive trick I can play. There's nothing lost in translation or hidden in the original meeting, meaning that will help us squeeze Jesus back into this docile religious box that we so often like. At the end of the day, I don't think Jesus is the hero of this story. I don't think he is the moral exemplar for us this morning. And so the question remains, well then, who is? Well, we're left with two characters, the disciples and the Canaanite woman. And to me, these two characters, they represent two different ways of following Jesus, two different ways of, of living in connection with the divine, with God. So we start with the disciples, who, as we said, appear more like gatekeepers than students of Jesus in this story. In their hearts, I'm sure they are simply trying to protect Jesus, but in doing so, they end up keeping people from him. They end up making him look unavailable, unapproachable. They seem to be far more concerned with the traditional standards of the faith than with faith itself. And I wonder, do you know that person? Someone or something that has made Jesus or, or Christian faith seem less welcoming, less approachable, less fun? Have you bumped into that person at a book study, Bible study, congregational meeting? You know what I'm saying? I didn't get any smiles there. <laughs> or maybe, maybe we all struggle being that person from time to time as well. Like the disciples, might we at times not know how to respond when someone shows up at the party throwing convention to the wind and begging God to do a new thing. It doesn't fit. It's not safe. It's not how we've always done things. Send her away, Jesus. She keeps shouting. On the other hand, we have a Canaanite mother, an outsider, 
an outsider's whose whose faith looks quite different than that of the disciples. Her faith is raw. It's challenging, confrontational, questioning. She chases down a group of men and shouts for mercy until they're forced to respond to her. She pushes back on patriarchy and and tradition with fierce humility. Her faith breaks with convention and pushes into a new reality. In fact, her love for her daughter challenges Jesus to be more loving. It's kind of a crazy thought. I'll say that again. Her love for her daughter challenges in our story. It challenges Jesus to be more loving. That's how powerful love is. I love it's contagious. It's radical. It doesn't always fit into a box. Being noisy, confrontational, and challenging for the point of winning a debate or simply making noise, well, not only is it useless, it's kind of annoying. But a challenging, questioning faith based in true, genuine love of neighbor, it can change everything. And so the Canaanite mother challenged Jesus and the disciples, and she challenges us today to decide where we stand. Do we stand with the disciples? Do we stand between God and people? Right? Holding, holding up strict boundaries or traditions? Or do we stand with a mother who demands that love wins the day? And so go from this garden. Go make some noise. Go push back on the way things are. Go shout. Go challenge tradition. Go get in some trouble. As long as it's for the sake of selfless, egoless love. Go love. Love loud. Love without reservation or apology. And keep hope alive for newness, for healing, for a better tomorrow. If a mother's love can change Jesus' mind and heal a suffering girl, imagine what your love can do in the world. So go love. Amen. I invite all who are able to stand.